Welcome to the Back in Action Podcast. Are you a weekend warrior, a current or former high-performing athlete, or do you just have questions about what a chiropractor can do for you in a rehab setting? Here, we'll dive into the world of chiropractic and exercise rehab and how they both can be utilized to get you back in action. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Back in Action Podcast, episode 12, dropping for you tonight. Um, first and foremost, we have huge, huge news tonight is Austin's, what are you, 29? Yeah. 29th birthday? <laughs> Getting up there. Yeah. It's Aust- birthday, Austin's bro. birthday. And, uh, he kind of looks, you look more like you're like 35 to me. The, bag, the little bags are getting under your eyes. They're just getting a little too real for me, but that's all right. Um, other big news is Connor, uh, why don't you share with everyone? Are we on? the new platform yet or no oh yeah we're on uh apple podcast now so that's huge Um, i don't have apple music so i'll stick to spotify but that's definitely big we're definitely expanding so that's awesome to hear um tonight we have abu with us um abu we're gonna kind of let you just take control of the show uh so just start off by kind of introducing yourself give us a little background about uh what, what you've done in the past what you're doing now yeah, um, so my name's Avenu Gurgis. Everyone calls me a boo. I'm a chiropractor and strength coach, and I have my own online rehab and performance business. Yeah, I help uh, combat athletes and runners overcome their pain and excel past performance. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so my first question that I had, um, and I know it kind of doesn't go off of uh, the planned topics that we we're going to talk about tonight, but... Uh, how did you how did you get involved um, with working in a gym and what made you want to go down the path of doing more strength training related things rather than just being a traditional Cairo? Yeah, so um, in undergrad, I was a personal trainer part time, pretty much like your run of the mill rehab Cairo. And that's where I really got into the interpersonal relationship working with clients. And that led me to Cairo school. And I still did that like here and there during Cairo school. And then I just, as far as like creating relationships within gyms, I just have a lot of friends that like to train and you have a good network and opportunities come to you. Um, as far as knowing what I wanted to do with chiropractic and all the various possibilities that come with it, it had a big part of my previous relationships, with chiropractors, physical therapy, where I went to chiro school because I knew there was a missing link and I just had to figure it out. Um, I had my own injuries and I was always given subpar um, advice run-of-the-mill rehab, quote-unquote rehab, of banded exercises that just didn't cut it. And I'm a firm believer, if you want something done right, do it yourself. And that's what I did. And it involved a lot of trial and error. And I didn't want other people to go through the same thing I did as an athlete. So I became a chiropractor. And I just continued my learning that way. Yeah, going off of that with the the whole aspect of learning, talk a little bit about um, your pursuit to always continue to learn. Um, cause you know, there's a lot of people that like, as soon as they're done with school, that's pretty much it. They'll do their continuing ed credits that they have to do. But other than that, you don't really see a drive for them to like keep expanding, but we know based off your social media and who you are as a person that you're definitely into that. So just talk about that a little. Yeah, I think it's a internal thing. Um, a big part of that comes from, at least with me was imposter syndrome. I always felt like I wasn't good enough. So like, if I learned this one thing, if I read this one more paper, then I would be quote unquote good enough. Spoiler, you're never going to feel like you're good enough. You just have to go out and do the thing and learn. 
but it's that internal drive of like there's always more and you can just keep going deeper and deeper and honing your skill and a big part of just being hungry to learn comes from my experiences as a runner as a boxer um especially combat sports it's the sport of sucking there's always someone that can beat you up our job is just to try and make that number as small as possible so you're always going to be a student of the game and you just have to keep pushing that understand you're not going to know everything but you sure as hell can get pretty damn close to not knowing how to handle what's in front of you um as a student for me it was I went to a very large university, Rutgers, which is the biggest school in the state of New Jersey. Um, you're pretty much on your own as far as learning. You're in a class of 100 some people. So your education is your own res uh, responsibility. So I had that going into Cairo school and I just kept carrying it on, finding mentors. Um, when I was an undergrad, I was blessed to have some pretty badass coaches as mentors. And that laid a really strong foundation for me. So all I had to do was just transfer that skill over to Cairo and I found clinical mentors and just got the ball rolling. Yeah, that's awesome. I, now you said you're big into combat sports, obviously, and all that. Yeah. Now have you like, is that a sport that you like a certain sport like boxing or are you kind of seeing all combat sports? Um, what I've personally competed in has as of now just been boxing. I boxed in the golden gloves when I was an undergrad. And now that I'm a little older and I don't want to get knocked around in the head so much, I'm training in jiu-jitsu. I do want to compete at some time in the future. Um, but as far as the people I work with, I work with anybody. Um, combat sports is combat sports, um, whether it's striking, grappling, wrestling, whatever. Um, that's my jam. I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's not very often we talk to somebody who's like like being treated, like treating somebody that is in combat sports and all that. So if you're seeing somebody with like you assume combat sports there's gonna be a lot of injuries and all of that so how does normally like treating those look like um as far as like the technical aspect it's not, not too much different um you're gonna see a lot of shoulder injuries uh nagging neck injuries um the big thing is just assessing because the sport is inherently traumatic so ruling out red flags and having a hard and thorough assessment is very important um because i don't i sure as hell don't want to be the guy that misses anything so i'm very big on front loading all the assessment stuff i'm a very thorough in the beginning and it just makes the rest of the process that much easier um as far as working with that population the hardest thing is communication um it's a sport just like endurance sports um I, i'm i like to run a lot and those two sports they carry a certain mentality of pain is a part of it you signed up for this so breaking that mindset a lot of these people that i work with they just think yeah this pain is normal and they've probably already gotten standard care that didn't really do much so they don't think there's any hope and they signed up for it so breaking that mindset is usually the most common thing i see and traversing that is just a common thing i, I do day to day sweet yeah that's because like i said you don't really see like myself i've never really seen anyone who is involved in combat sports i've always watched it on tv and thought like these guys are, have to be like the hardest motherfuckers on the planet because to be <clears throat> essentially putting yourself through hell all the time and wanting to do it more, it's borderline psychotic. And I, I love it because it's like, you don't, again, not very often do you see people like that who are 
so used to pain and being in dis- in a state of discomfort and then being somebody that is treating that it's I feel like it'd be difficult because again they're so used to being in pain and you said again it's just breaking that mindset and all of that and that's something that i never really thought of through that this doesn't really right. lead to any question or anything like that i was just mm-hmm sharing all yeah sharing my shit i mean it's a great point and like that's something that i faced when i was trying to seek care like i had a shoulder injury and chronic back pain when i was boxing and whenever i went to a pt or a chiro or my pcp they just told me to stop where it's like yeah you want the pain to stop stop doing the sport and i was like that's not an option and i fell into that mindset myself of like all right the doctors don't know anything they can't help me i'm gonna figure it out somehow or just live with it and it was a big back and forth between the two and a long part, I just thought I was like, all right, well, I signed up for it. And I think that's why I do what I do, um, especially within the, those two sports, because pain is as a, is so socially accepted. And it's a sport of pain, like long distance running. You'll hear stories about like Stephen Prefontaine, um, who just talks about pain so much. And he's one of the greatest runners of all time. And breaking the mindset where it's like you can train hard and you can train pain free. You just haven't found what's right for you yet. Yeah, that that's sweet. And I love that quote. And honestly, like, I feel like working with athletes is just such a different ball game because like they kind of, as much as they understand pain, they, they don't in a sense, but they're also just more willing to like push their bodies through that. So it's very different than like, you know, maybe what we were used to in, in terms of treating in like in a student clinic setting where like you're you're dealing with a lot of individuals who kind of are either in that chronic pain cycle or just not really used to like putting their bodies through pain. So I feel like it's a big difference in in that sense. Um, But I in, in terms of like your yeah. your previous history and like obviously like you were a boxer and, and you dealt with injuries and you kind of touched upon like how they were just telling you to basically stop. Um, how did those previous experiences shape how you practice now? And what does that look like? Um, I took all the negative experiences and internalized them and really reflected a lot. Like I like to journal. I like to reflect. Um, the big thing that I keep to myself is I'm not going to be that. And a lot of times when people like with me personally, like when I first meet, meet an athlete that's in or anybody that's in chronic pain, um, yeah, combat sports and running, those are my two main niches per se. I have a wide variety of clients. Like I have a 66 year old who just wants to stay healthy. Um, the first thing I tell them is my job and all I want is to get you back in your sport, training how you want to train as much as possible. We're going to do everything we can to not take you out. And just setting that as a standard right away, I think is super important because everyone has this mindset. It's like, oh, I got to go see the Cairo. I'm going to see the pain specialist or whatever. They're going to tell me to stop. And I think breaking that mindset right off the bat and addressing it is super important. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I couldn't agree more. And I, f- I feel like that sometimes that maybe we didn't really, well, I kind of know we didn't really get that much in school is just that like mindset aspect and like going through that with, uh, with patients and just talking to them about that. Um, obviously like we all probably wish we got more, but, um, that's just what you spoke to earlier was just like how the, that continuing ed and that self-study has been so important and for me, and I'm sure for you and, and practice and what you're up to. Right. And like self-studying is super important, especially as a student. Um, 
because ultimately this is the last, most likely this is going to be the last time we are full-time students, unless you're one of the different breeds that go out and get a doctor or a master's. And most likely that's going to be supplementing while you're working. Cairo school, it's the last time learning is going to be your top priority. And people see that as like, oh, I'm right at the finish line. That's a massive opportunity. You have three to four years to dedicate yourself to just trying to become the best you can before it's no longer a priority. So take advantage, take full of advantage of it, no matter what try or semester you're at. Um, just kind of going off of everything you were saying, like, I agree, definitely have to take advantage of it. And especially like right now, I feel like um, the three of us have kind of figured that out. Like that's kind of why we started the podcast and we're constantly bouncing ideas off each other, sending each other posts on social media about, you know, different various lifting techniques, all that. Um, but I did want to go back real quick to the mindset when you uh, brought up that quote about like, you can train hard and you can train through pain. Like your body can withstand all that. You can do that as long as you have the mindset for it. So how do you go about like, cause I've like, honestly, when I think chiropractic, like I have my own envisionment of it, but, or envision of it. But when other people think it, like when you have those people that are a little older and maybe they've never been in a gym setting to see their chiropractor or anything like that, if, just a regular person came in off the street and they came to you and they were just like, hi, like I heard you were a chiropractor. Number one, take us through how you explain how you're different, but then at the same mm -hmm. rate, is that someone you're going to turn away right away? If it's like, they just thought they were going to be a one and done adjustment. Yeah. Great question. So as far as like the adjustments in Cairo stuff, I work exclusively online now. And so right off the bat, I'm already doing something different. So when people come and talk to me or connect with me, they know I'm not, the run of the mill just by the nature of what I do. And as far as turning people away or explaining, I don't really prescribe to labels like, yeah, I'm a strength coach, I'm a chiropractor, whatever. I don't really flex that much. They're just letters. Um, I'm I'm me and I'm going to do what it takes to help people within my scope. Um, the labels are all around it. I don't really care for. But as far as like communicating with general people, I'm, one, always come from a place of empathy. It's about what they want and what they value. And if a random person comes up to me is like, can you crack my neck? I mean, educate, hear them out, see what they do and don't care. Um, if it's a consult, um, I do, I, this is one thing I really pride myself in is I don't like to take people on that. I don't know if I can help. Um, I actually, I actually turn away a decent amount of people, but I will, always point like again i have a pretty good network so i can always give send them to one of my friends that i think is better best suited for them and i trust that they're going to get the care they need um like two days ago i had a console with someone um she wants to get back into shape um she's just been out of it chronic mid back pain and she just has been in a rush she's just got a new job she stands a lot and she's like i need to do something different the car is not cutting it and so we got on a phone call, we started talking and then lo and behold, she ended up getting to an MVA like three weeks ago. And I was like, no, I'm not the MVA guy. I sent her to one of my buddies that's close to her and yeah, I'm going to follow up with her, make sure that she went to him and got the care that she needed, but I'm never going to give someone something that they don't need. Okay. Yeah. I like that answer a lot. Um, with being online, how do you, how are you um, marketing for yourself? Like, is it solely through social media or do you have other things that you're doing to kind of like sell yourself to people? Um, as far as marketing, um, again, I just started this stuff out. So 
take it with a grain of salt, but business is business at the end of the day. And re online coaching is a relationship game. Coaching in general or clinical care in general is a relationship game. So you just have to build relationships. The majority of the people I'm getting are coming in person. Um, you go through my social media. I'm not that active compared to other big, biggish names. Um, I'm not in it for cloud or anything. So I do a lot of stuff in my local area. And yeah, so you can still have an online business and do in-person work. You don't just have to make reels and do the renegade. Right, right. Um, a little bit off topic. I wanted to get to this question real quick and then I'll let the boys chime in because I'm talking a lot. Um, so one of the questions I actually had from someone um, had to do with lifting belts, um, either when okay. you're deadlifting, squatting. Can you just kind of take us through, like, do you necessarily think the belts are necessary all the time or only when you're lifting heavy weights and kind of explain like the purpose of them in general? Yeah. So as far as the utility of the belt, we need to understand what the belt is for. Um, what it does is it helps to build, um, increase your intra-abdominal pressure, which creates a more rigid torso, which allows us to move more weight. Um, that's it. Um, does it help prevent injuries? No. Does it help us feel more secure under the bar? For some people, yes. Um, as far when to and when not to use it, it's more of a personal preference thing. If your goal is to push a, a one rep max, yeah, use the belt if you like it. Um, I flip-flop depending on what my training looks like, whether or not I use it. Um, but at the end of the day, it comes down to a personal preference thing using it because it's going to prevent low back pain, not the best idea. If you like using it and you feel more comfortable doing it, absolutely. It will help with performance. If pushing maximal loads is your goal. If not, it's up to you. If you want to use it, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. So I've got a question for you here. That's probably, this is all opinion. Uh, I know we saw it a lot in Buffalo in Buffalo. You probably see it at every gym here, but what's your opinion on people just walking around with the, the weightlifting belt, just not fair, not very tight, just kind of on. And you're like, Oh, well this, so this influencer told me to do this and do that. And I have to wear a belt the whole time. I don't care. Do whatever you want in the gym. Honestly, as long as you're not bothering anybody, have fun, uh, wear your belt backwards, <laughs> wear it around your neck two different shoes. I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. No, for sure. I, yeah, I love that too. And it's, it's honestly like, I feel like people think they need all these things in the gym, but like, honestly, like just get your ass in the gym or just get moving. You don't even have to go to the fucking gym. Like just like be active. Like that's literally the biggest thing. And yeah. like, I, I love, like, I know Absolutely. we're, uh, we're in that mentorship with David, our, our guest who I guess just dropped today, but, uh, and he's like big proponent on like activity guidelines and meeting that. So it's just like, if you can stress with your clients, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it's different with for you working with athletes, but, um, just the activity guidelines and just trying to get them meeting at yeah. least that bare minimum. Like that's so important in my eyes, at least. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Like, yeah, I enjoy working with athletes, but again, I have a relatively mixed bag of clientele. Um, a fair share of that is gen pop. And the first thing I do is make sure they're hitting the CDC uh, physical activity guidelines. Like on a console, I ask them what they're currently doing. And that's first order of business. Let's get you to the bare minimum. And then we're going to build up from there. 
So for the activity guidelines, like I've, I've been kind of wondering this. So say someone comes in and they're pretty much sedentary, maybe like a workout once a week or something. Um, how does it look like you getting them to those guidelines? Like, are you slowly building them up kind of like you would in like a program or are you just kind of being like, Hey, this is the bare minimum. Let's hit it. Um, yeah. So the first thing I do with like no, no exercise at all, which is, is a population I predominantly served in the past and still is a large component of my clientele right now is I want to see what they're willing to do right now. The first thing that I always do with uh, physical activity, and it's a behavioral game, is we're not just trying to get people in the gym and whatnot. We got to change their mindset and change their behavior around it. So I always ask, what's the smallest action that you can take right now? Like once we get off this phone call, you feel like you can go out and tackle it, no problem. And then depending on their answer, it can be anything from, yeah, like my work schedule is pretty easy. Um, I just need a little bit of accountability. I can train five times a week. I don't, I still try to get them to dial in even smaller because five times a week for someone who's never trained eventually will feel like a lot and you can burn out. Um, but it usually comes in the form of two or three days a week and mixing in a walk. Um, I had one person, she's terrified of the gym. She had a gym membership for like six months, never used it besides the one time she signed up. And she's just came to me. She's like, it just stresses me out too much. I'm like, all right, fine. We don't have to go to the gym. Don't worry about it. Um, we'll do home workouts for now and we'll walk. And I think when we started, she would do two home workouts and I want to say like two or three walks. Mm -hmm. And that was it. That's all we started with. And it was super simple and it's not high level or sexy as what you see on like strength and conditioning Instagram or whatever, but that's what worked for her. And now she's slowly building up confidence. And I think we have her on one or two day, two days a week in the weight room so it's just slowly building yeah. up and I, I feel like people see all like the shit on instagram and think that think it's got to be like sexy or you got to be doing these crazy ass workouts or exercises and it's like literally like if you just do the basics and just keep it simple i know it's not what everyone wants to see but like it's also just super effective so like you don't have to overcomplicate things Exactly. Um, and that's the big thing, like, especially with people that I just get and are brand new to like formal coaching, I tell them like, initially, you're going to be a little underwhelmed. That's expected. We want to establish a strong foundation, a strong baseline before we start ramping things up. Um, I like, to, um, especially with brand new novices, I like to think, take things on the slower end, um, just so their, their mind is at ease and we can account for things that may occur if we went a little too fast. And God forbid they get hurt and then we'd have to backtrack all over. Um, but yeah, finding the minimal dose to what the person needs and we can achieve their goals. Great. Yeah. Why do extra work when you no, don't for sure. have to? I, like, I'm a big believer in the minimal dose and just trying to like, you know, why are you going to absolutely gas someone before you, you even know what they can like make gains with? Um, exactly. Putting that aside and kind of focusing more on you. Like now you got your, your online, uh, business going, what does, uh, training look like for you? Like, how do you fit that in? And what does your kind of like weekly training schedule look like? Yeah. So right now I, it's, it's funny you brought that up. Cause I just signed up for three hey, races let's go. this year. 
Um, so I do like to run and, um, I'm actually doing my first ultra marathon this fall. Um, so figuring out how that training is going to look like right now. Um, but as far as like training split, keep it super simple. I lift four to five times a week, and then I'm mixing in like one or two runs right now. Um, races aren't until super late in the year. So right now I'm just trying to build strength and get beefy. I get like you. <laughs> yeah, no way, man. Um, what is since you are training for like your races and stuff, um, or that you signed up for the ones that you have coming up? Um, mm -hmm. what uh, what is your opinion on the whole? I know we asked one of our guests this before, but what is your opinion on uh, cardio killing gains? Uh, there's always going to be a trade off, and uh, I'm going to butcher his name. I feel so bad. Uh, deny, deny, yeah. deny. Deny, deny. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to uh, the episode um, earlier this week. He's a great guy. Yeah, I got to connect awesome. with him. But there's always going to be a trade off. Um, you like think of it like a Swiss Army knife. They get the job done, and you can absolutely get strong and build a high aerobic capacity. I mean, Deny does it, and he's a stud. Um, so yeah, there's a trade off. If you think you're going to be able to run a marathon and hop on a powerlifting meet immediately after, and crush both yes maybe no i wouldn't put my money in it but yeah like you can absolutely get stronger and run at the same time like you don't have to keep them separate all right well honestly boo you crushed it you definitely took control of the episode and you killed it so uh thank you for coming on oh, i didn't i didn't mean to take control of her nothing no no we Just wanted you we want you to take control um no we do appreciate you coming on um taking yeah. the time we know you're busy um, real quick, just let our viewers know if you want to just shout out your Instagram handle or whatever other social media you want them to follow, or how can they reach you if they want to do any of the online coaching? Yeah, best way to reach me is through Instagram uh, at abu, A-B-U underscore Gerges, G-U-E-R-G-E-S. Um, I love to talk to people, um, st sharing stories, hearing stories. I'm a big fan of it. So please talk to me. Perfect. Well, we appreciate having, we appreciate you coming on. Um, another shout out to Austin for his birthday. Sorry, I told you. you Happy birthday. 35 years old. Let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening and tune in next time.